Okay, Maddie, we're sitting down for our Thanksgiving feast. Mm. You know, past the stuffing, past the green bean casserole, the dinner rolls and all. Uh, Maddie, what are you what are you most thankful for this year? Um, you know, I'm thankful, uh, I guess, first that um, I'm alive. That's a good one, especially in 2020. I'm thankful that I've had more than enough this whole year. I haven't had to struggle, which is good. Very grateful for that. Very thankful. Um, Very grateful that Zac Efron is still doing well. He's okay. (laughs) Uh, Sean Mendes is doing okay, too. He just released a video. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm grateful that Josh O'Connor was still cute in the new season of The Crown. Um, And that's, that's the bulk of it. Yeah, I think I'm thankful for, um, you know, the people that I've been able to surround myself with. Um, They've gotten me through, obviously, a very hard year. I'm thankful for health and wellness, of course, um, and try to continue to get healthier and better. Yeah. um, Because I think we all did a little damage when all this thing went down. I did. But, um, yeah, I'm just thankful for being here, um, still being able to, you know, have all of the stuff that, you know all humans should have, which is, you know, health and wellness and housing and food. Um, but yeah, I, I think I'm going to keep it simple this well, year. Well, isn't that nice? You know? pa- pass the gravy, Dad. <laughs> pass the gravy over. Now, Maddie, I have a challenge for you. Oh, God. I want you to do your best turkey impersonation. No, no, I want you to do yours first. <laughs> okay. Um, I have, to even, I have to even think about what a turkey sounds like in my head right now. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it, and it's going to be... Solely, solely based off of probably the South Park turkeys. Okay. So it's kind of something along these lines. That's actually not bad. Um, oh wait, let me. See. I'm trying to think how, how this how how I could do it in my mouth. That's more like a war cry. Is that a turkey? <laughs> it's like a war cry. <laughs> I, I I cannot do it. Gobble. <laughs> That's pretty good. How, that are, you, last one was how pretty are you doing that? I don't know. I just, With your I guess I, have, I guess I have a God-given, God-given, that's one of my, I'm gonna, you know what? I'm putting it on the resume. That's fine. Uh, Turkey noises. Listen, everybody, it's episode 44. Thanksgiving is terrifying. Candyman. have some bad hombres here and we're gonna get them out bing bing bong bong bing 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 i love china hi i'm jackie wanna play i just want them to suffer I joined Donald Trump on the Republican ticket because I believe he has the right leadership and the right vision to make America great again. Since 2017, a majority of Democrats turned into alt-left radical psychos. We'll get back to them later. I will build a great, great wall. I don't like them putting chemicals in the water. They turn the freaking frogs gay. Do you understand that? They turn the freaking frogs gay. This 
year, Lisa Tyrone's Thanksgiving dinner will have a few new trimmings. Everything will be disposable that we'll be using this year. We have hand sanitizer. I have the disinfectant spray. I also have hand wipes as well. Trying to keep COVID away as she hosts 14 family members at her New Jersey home, even as public health officials warn that any large gathering puts everyone at risk. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Friday the 13th Horror Podcast. My name is Maddie. And I'm Andrew. And we're back with another great episode full of scary things, full of happy things, full of things that we're thankful for, because it's episode 44, Thanksgiving is terrifying. And we've got a great show lined up for you. Two films that, um, you know, maybe don't come right to your mind when you think about (laughs) Thanksgiving, but they did for us, and they're a lot of fun. We'll talk about those in our second half. And in our first half today, we've got some real stories. We've got some his stories or history, whatever you want to call it. Some correct history. Some corrected history. Um, And so we're going to talk a bit about that. Um, We've been starting off our shows during the pandemic, though, with me always asking Andrew first, um, how are you? But I'm going to change it. I actually want to know, Andrew, how are you taking care of yourself? Tell me about that, because I think it's really important. Uh, Taking care of myself in um, terms of... Whatever way you want to talk about. I just think it's important to talk about. I mean, early on, and I say early on, I think we got it delivered in July. We we did invest in, in a Peloton. Yeah. So regularly doing exercises on that. They've actually done a really good job of um, kind of expanding their their stuff to where we can do like floor exercises now and everything. So trying to keep myself, you know, in, in relative good shape. I don't think I'd I'd ever say that I'm in like the best shape of my life or anything, but just trying to keep moving. I think that's like a a big thing. And honestly, just trying to, and this, I mean, this sounds stupid, but just trying to stay home as much as possible to be totally honest. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not one of those people that is, um, craving this like life back to normal i'm i'm very much a realist in this sense that i realize that this is going to take time and that we have to kind of take it seriously otherwise it's going to be really shitty and guess what it's really shitty it's it's really (laughs) it's uh talk about horror in real life it's horror in real life right now today is we're filming we're filming this We're, (laughs) we're recording this for our thanksgiving episode of course um but it is november 21st yeah. so it's just it's the weekend before thanksgiving and um you know things are incredibly bad we are at 200,000 cases a day of covid we live in one of the biggest cities in the world it's really crazy here so yeah thankfully sure it is where you are too i mean thankfully in you know maybe people disagree on this but i really do think that our government has done a good job of stepping up and saying like no this is closed you mean the like, illinois government yeah yeah not sorry not the yes government. illinois government <laughs> gonna say (laughs) but just saying like no things are closed like these are the restrictions like abide by them because we do see in other states where things are getting crazy like in texas where they can't they literally can't take any other patients but covid patients yeah i mean and if i'm being honest i hope that illinois goes goes way further you know it is it is my hope right now that there is a mandatory lockdown which we actually don't have right now we have an advisory we have an advisory and I hope that we lock down. I hope we lock down so hard that it feels like Soviet fucking Russia. I mean, like, lock it the fuck down. Give people serious fines and punishments if you are caught out of the house without a permit or whatever. Like, other countries are doing. Yeah. The, you know, the, that's what's happening in Ireland. It's, what, it's what's happening in free countries around the world. The one like, thing that I'm really surprised that we haven't seen yet is, um, like, state border lockdowns. I wish we would. 
Yeah, I just I, I I'm I think I said this very early on, and I, I was just very surprised that we were still allowing people to travel state to state. But <sighs> yeah, me too. But you know, live free or die hard. You know yeah, what I, I mean? Guess so, <laughs> as for me, I am taking care of myself by making healthier choices these days. You know, a lot of people, me included, really. It's pandemic. We can kind of do whatever we want. I can eat whatever I want. I can drink whatever I want. Yeah, same. And for me, I really pulled that back, um, which has been good. And I've been same. Been running a lot more lately while we do have this unseasonably good weather. So that's that's been helpful for me. Because um, guess what, people in the Midwest, welcome to winter. Yeah, I mean it's it's, it's happening, and this is just, it's not it's not good. And I'm worried about where we're going. But okay, anyways, all of that, all of that being said, anyway, gobble just, gobble. The, I mean, honestly, the reason why I do bring that up is you know look it's good to check take, in take care of yourselves out there too like let this be a reminder to you it's cool to take care of yourself isn't that neat and just to let you know it's cool to take care of yourself just to let our listeners know uh our thanksgiving plans is that you know we have our our five to six person quarantine that yeah. only see each other uh-huh. we literally only see each other um and we're gonna hanker down and have a little meal together um, but we're none of us are going to get to see our families this year. Yeah, and listen, if you're honestly thinking about going to someone's house that you're not part of their pod or going to your family's, don't do it. <laughs> I don't know why you're thinking that that's a good idea, but you can hear it from me. And if you don't want to listen to us ever again, that's fine. You shouldn't do that. Traditions are fine unless they're not. <laughs> do you want to do you want to have Thanksgiving next year? Because you're not dead. Yeah, <laughs> maybe exactly. that's something to think about. Anyways. Anyway. <laughs> Thanksgiving. Let's That's our five-minute riff on what's going on in the world. What's so, going on in the world today? Right. Um, so first thing I want to talk about today is I'd like to go into a bit of the history of Thanksgiving. This is very interesting because I did read a bunch of different articles that, and I decided to let you kind of take the helm on this, um, but that pretty much all of the scholastic uh, books that we grew up with learning in school really gave us the wrong idea oh, about Thanksgiving. And, you know, the stuff that I'm about to tell you, I, I bet a lot of you have already sort of heard in an ancillary way. Yeah, or like alluded to. Right. Or, yeah. But th- this, there's a, well, I'll just go into it. So, you know, really, I, I think that Thanksgiving is just one of our major holidays in America because it, it is an American holiday, don't forget. This isn't like a worldwide thing. Um, and it's a great example. It's a prime example of mythology, and Americans love mythology. Mm-hmm. We love the myth of the American dream. We love the myth of work hard and part of Prosper. And you'll get whatever yeah. you need. Like it's just, you know, it's, it's always about work. And that's the reason why you get things or the reason why you didn't get things because you were lazy, basically. And, you know, the, the myths of Thanksgiving all fit into a narrative of family and prayer and thankfulness for what you have, obviously, and sacrifice. And, and food. Yeah, well, and food, too. <laughs> well, well, and that really buys into, like, consumerism. Um, but we, we, we do all of this, and we buy into the false narrative of the settlers who were they, – they were kind, and they were seeking a new world for survival, and they somehow just did it all on their own with just a little bit of help from Native Americans. Like, oh, yeah, they taught us how to plant corn. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that, that kind of thing. Yeah. But there's a great article called The Invention of Thanksgiving. I actually posted it today um, on our networks and, and encourage people to, to read it. It's from the uh, November 2019 issue of The New Yorker by, by Philip Deloria. Um, and I'm going to read you a little bit here, so bear with me. But I think it's really good, and I really couldn't say it better. So let me just uh, let me spin this off to you. 
So autumn is the season for Native America. There are the cool nights and warm days of Indian summer, and the genial query, what's Indian about this weather? More wearisome is the annual fight over the legacy of Christopher Columbus, a bold explorer dear to Italian-American communities, but someone who brought to this continent forms of slavery that would devastate indigenous populations for centuries. Football season is in full swing. We're just watching the IU-Ohio State football game right now, actually. And the team in the nation's capital, the Redskins, revels each week in a racist performance passed off as just good fun. As baseball season has closed, one prays that Atlanta will not advance into the World Series. Next up was Halloween, typically featuring Native American brave and sexy Indian princess costumes. November brings Native American Heritage Month and tracks a smooth countdown to Thanksgiving. And in the elementary school curriculum, the holiday traditionally meant a pageant, with students in construction paper headdresses and pilgrim hats reenacting the original celebration. If today's teachers aim for less pageantry and a slightly more complicated history, many students still complete an American education unsure about the place of Native people in the nation's past or in its present. Cap the season off with Thanksgiving, a turkey dinner, and a fable of interracial harmony. Is it any wonder that by the time the holiday arrives, a lot of American Indian people are thankful that autumn is nearly over? And that's just really it. When it comes down to it, Thanksgiving and this American myth that we have about it right. is really all about continuing to decimate the American Indian population. And just to be clear, like American Indian is not a race, right? Right. Native Americans, that's a race of people. American Indian is a <laughs> is a political designation in this country. And and it is because that's how our government actually recognizes Native Americans. We don't we don't even call them Native Americans in our government. We call them American Indians. And so like it's this continuous like poke in their eye yeah. of how we've colonized and really ruined their populations. Taken over. Right, sure. And so, you know, this myth that has been, you know, supposedly going on since November 1621 um, is just really not true. And some of the biggest myths that get debunked by Deloria in this article, I'll just rattle off a few of them here. Number one, Thanksgiving was actually not <coughs> a Thanksgiving at all. English settlers celebrated Thanksgivings. I'm doing that in air quotes, people. Sure. Um, in the autumn and the spring. I can I can attest to these virtual quotes. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> but Thanksgivings were actually periods of fasting, silence, and prayer. Rejoicings were different. And that's what happened in oh, 1621. That's very interesting. And so in 1621, when this first fabled dinner happened, right? Native Americans actually weren't invited to the celebration, go figure. Instead, the Wampanoag Indians, uh, in Massachusetts, of course, uh, they arrived at Plymouth after they heard gunshots. And the reason why they came was because they had already put a pack together with the the English settlers, because a lot of stuff had happened that I'll, I'll go over soon. Um, but they thought that they were like under attack, and they had oh. pledged to protect the white settlers that were there. So the 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 the, the chief uh, Osamaquin, who was also called Massasoit, he showed up at Plymouth with ninety men. It was actually like, like an army that came with him. And when they got there, because fucking Americans, all we want to do is blow shit up. Yeah, seriously, seriously. <laughs> so so when when Osamaquin and and his ninety men got there, like the settlers were like, "Holy shit, are you going to attack us?" And it took some time, but then eventually 
they they understood finally like oh they're not here to attack us they're yeah. actually being friendly guess and then, what probably didn't speak the same language right exactly <laughs> and so then they actually got along and they had they did have a three day feast in in um, in Plymouth but the feast was like full of like military drills and shooting and cannons and you know you fucking name it all that stuff um, they also didn't eat turkey um, they were right by Cape Cod actually so yeah. what they ate were eels fish and shellfish yeah it makes sense and also of course much to my chagrin they didn't have any pies pies are my favorite thing um <laughs> there was no wheat there was no sugar there was no butter so no pies sorry people um deloria in the article also describes osamaquin as an experienced diplomat he was engaged in a challenging game of regional geopolitics and deloria was right disease had wiped out pretty much a a, a, a very big amount of of the Wampanoag tribe. I can't remember how much. I did have it in my head earlier today. Um, but also his society was totally breaking apart. Belief systems were breaking down. People were sick all over the place. And he was losing control over what was happening. And also he was facing attacks from, from, from the French and from other Indian tribes. Yeah, I was going to say I read a lot about yeah. how there were a lot of um, warring right. tribes in that area at that time. And so a pact with the white settlers who were pretty much like pathetic yeah like they didn't know what they were doing the only good thing was this they had guns yeah and so and weapons like, right making a pact with them actually seemed like a really good political thing to do and it made sense at the time um and so the, this this pact that they all had together was eventually going to turn against them um in future thanksgivings and i do mean real thanksgivings in 1637 and 1676 after the Plymouth settlers waged bloody battles against the Wampanoag. Uh, the latter one, in 1676, was memorialized by uh, the people mounting the head of Osamaquin's son, Pumetakam, on a spike. Jesus. Right outside the town. I'm guessing he was not alive at that time. Uh, who knows? Um, they also, they kept the head there for 20 fucking years. They what? kept the head on a pike. So eventually it would have been just a fucking skull, but it stayed there for that long. They never even buried his body. Jesus. I mean, it's just insane. So, like, all of the help that the Native Americans brought to the white settlers from England um, completely turned against them. Yeah. It turned against them in wars, in battles, in disease. And then it continued to turn against them. Completely. Yeah. And then they would do these really backhanded things, like convincing the Native Americans that they had a debt. And then they would steal their land yep. in recompense for that debt. Yep. So just so much land was stolen from these people until they were eventually just completely decimated. Yeah. And the myth of it is like, just to continue it even further, the myth of it is the Indians helped us and then they sort of just faded away. Yeah. <laughs> they just like went back into the woods and were like, ah, here is the land that was yes. always meant for you. And that's not it. And Deloria really finishes it off saying that we, we falsely remember a Thanksgiving of intercultural harmony. Perhaps we should recall instead how English settlers cheated, abused, killed, and eventually drove Wampanoags into a conflict known as King Philip's War that exploded across the region in 1675 and was one of the most devastating wars in the history of the North American settlement. It oh, was... and interesting to note that I've never heard of that war. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so I mean, of course I mean... not. Why would you? Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? And so, you know, all of that to say, like, 
that is the history behind the myth of the holiday. Yeah. And of course, it became more of an American holiday when Abraham Lincoln designated it as a holiday that particular day. Was in it November. Lincoln or Washington? It, it, no, it was Lincoln. Oh, okay. Lincoln. And then it was FDR who made it a federal holiday. Well, not a federal holiday, Got but it. like a, more of a national uh, Like take time off of work Exactly. Yeah. I, I think that FDR, he may be the one in his administration where they said it's going to be the third Thursday of every November, that kind of thing. Oh, interesting. I think that's how that happened. Um, So, you know, all of that to say, like, that's the history behind it. And it sucks because, like, you know, we had a little silly thing at the start of the episode, right, about what we're thankful for. The thing is, for me, like, I really do love Thanksgiving. Yeah, me too. It's a great day to come together with people that you love, whether that's your family, your friends, or your family and friends. Or your chosen family. Yeah, and, like, it's you really understanding, like, yeah, I'm really thankful for, like, the people around me, the things in my life. It's a great day to reflect and to think about the future at the same time. And there's also this dark side of it that I wish just wasn't a part of it. Because well, it, I think what we're told, had to yeah, be. I think what we're told in school is basically like, oh, yeah, the Indians and settlers came together and they had a meal. The right. end. Yeah, <laughs> but, I mean, it's just the thing. It's like, we don't have to have this stupid myth we don't have to have even religion behind it. Yeah. We could just really, as a society, understand, you know what? It's good to take not just one day in the year, but to take time, maybe every day if you can, or maybe once a week, maybe once a month, maybe once a quarter, where you really do look at what what you have in comparison to those around you yeah. and understand, like, I'm grateful for this. Maybe you're grateful to a higher power. Maybe you're just grateful to the universe. Be alive. <laughs> Maybe you're grateful to the friends around you, the people who have helped you. Like whatever that gratefulness is, like that's something that we should treasure. And it just sucks when it gets tied to this dumb thing that for some reason teachers still tell kids about. I don't understand it. Yeah, I mean they're they're given a curriculum. They can't. They don't have much to say around I, it. I don't know about that. I I, I think in today's in today's um, today's pedagogy, I think teachers could actually say a lot. I, I think what happens, and this isn't to like, you know, bunk you or anything, but I think what happens is that teachers too often play into what parents want. Yeah. And if they true. don't get their Thanksgiving pageant with like Timmy and a fucking pilgrim hat, they're like, oh, you suck as a teacher. And it's like, actually, what if from an early age we were honest with our kids yeah. and said like, you know what? You're going to hear things like this and like other shit. That's really bad. Yeah, I think it's important to let our kids know that there's a lot of joy in the world, but there's also a lot of horrible shit in the world that they should watch out for. Bingo. And I and I also just want to expand upon your gratefulness in Thanksgiving is I think in, in definitely the year 2020 where we've had so much devastation. In that, the year of our Lord, 2020. That, you know, take... Take that day after Thanksgiving, that that Black Friday that is so driven by greed and consumerism, and, and buy everything. No, and <laughs> and 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 maybe you know donate donate yeah. to you know either someone that you know that's going through a hardship or yeah. or through a charity or like anything that you can do uh, instead of buying your kids a fucking. I don't know, PlayStation. Like, or, or, or even buying yourself another thing. Yeah, or, yeah. Or like, you know, if you don't have a bunch of people to donate to for whatever reason, which I'm sure you don't, but like buy from a small business. Yeah, yeah, like, for sure. Like right by you, you know, like yeah. do, do something that's going to be a little closer to home that might have a bigger impact. I agree. You know, it's just, I don't know. It, it, it pisses me off to think about how that stuff still goes on. And it, it makes me doubly angry this year that, 
in the year when we shouldn't be gathering for Thanksgivings with people that we can't, that we know we can't ethically be with, yeah. that a lot of the people that are going to do that, that they're going to gather, they're the people who continue this myth. Mm-hmm. They are the people who keep doing it. And like, to be honest, it pisses me off even more. I'm just going to go off on for another moment here. <laughs> Because like, we haven't even gotten to my story. Well, well here, here's the thing. Like, uh, my my mom has COVID right now. She's almost out of it. Thank God. And don't. I'm very grateful for that. She lives in Northwest Indiana, and it's full of people who are fucking idiots about COVID. Mm-hmm. Period. It's just it's just how it fucking is. And you know, thankfully, my mom caught some kind of mild strain. I'm very grateful for that. But all these other people have caught a mild strain too. You know who didn't catch mild strains? People in Chicago who were actually taking care of themselves. Yeah. And who took this seriously. People who died. People who like like my friend Christina, she had COVID really bad. Her heart, she can't get it above a certain heart rate. Her lungs are still not working weeks on after this in the right way. Yeah. Our friend Courtney had had a bad run of it. Like it sucks that the people want as always, the people who take it seriously are the ones who suffer. They suffer the most. They suffer the most. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Um, well, I have some horror stories coming Good. out tell of us about them. Thanksgiving. Um, I'll start with the more... How, de- wait, tell us what kind of horror stories these are. Uh, I have one that involves... Classify them. I have one that involves a murder, and then I have one that involves a plane hijacking. Okay. I think right. I should start with the murder, because it's a little more grim. Um, yeah, do it. Okay. How, how, how grim is it? Give us a scale. It's, I mean, it's let let's just set the stage. We all get together on Thanksgiving usually with family. That's usually how it goes. Yeah. Um, even you know that family that you might not get along with, or you might have plenty of them differences in opinion on certain things. But you get together anyway, and you hope you don't drink too much wine, and you hope you don't bring up the wrong subject. Impossible for me, Andrew, sorry. (laughs) Um, So on November 26th of 2009, South Florida resident Paul Michael, I'm going to pronounce his name, Marie Marie Hay? Looks like marriage to me. Honestly, yeah. That, that, I, think, I think that's probably what I'm just it is. not going to say his last name. We're just going to call him Paul. Um, that works, too. Um, he, uh, he basically went to a normal Thanksgiving. He had a meal with his family and friends. It, he was known for conversing and joking during this time. There was even a family sing-along at oh. this Thanksgiving. Um, that's where things turn grim. After dinner, uh, Paul decided to whip out a handgun, and he executed four relatives, included his cousin-in-law, his twin sisters, one of whom was pregnant, and his cousin's six-year-old daughter. Um, after the shooting, he disappeared. He fled into the Florida Keys where he reported, uh, reportedly planned to commit suicide. Um, after a five week manhunt, uh, Paul was finally taken into custody on January 2nd on Long Key. Uh, basically he was with another family that took him in at a resort. Um, and then they saw his face on the local news and recognized him as a customer and turned him in. This is the crazy part. Afterward, he was reportedly said to have basically said, um, quote, 
I've waited 20 years to do this. So he held a grudge for 20 years against these people. Um, eventually cut a plea deal uh, for seven consecutive life sentences to avoid the death penalty. What I will say about Paul is uh, upon further reading, I do understand that he does have a mental disability. So that may have played into the hostility towards these people. So not downplaying the mental disability portion of the story. Well, I mean, what I'm asking is what do they do to deserve it? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, okay. I know. Don't kill me, people. I'm joking. I mean, but looking at the, the the types of relatives here, it must have been a grudge against his sisters. Sisters, yeah, that's what I mean, it seems like, to be. I can't, I can't. Wait, two sisters died? Yeah, twins. Okay, so then it was a cousin, two sisters, and one a of daughter them was pregnant, and then also a daughter. So it's actually five people died. Yes, five people. Yes. Wow. So well, that's that. You was... know what? They shouldn't have made that shitty uh, fucking uh, dish uh, twenty careful, years ago. Careful, careful. Well, I'm just saying. You know, look. I'm just saying. Listen. You should know this because if if you make a shitty dish, someone someone's going to remember People that. will always remember. So, you know, if you got crazy Uncle Bill or, you know, Cousin Freddy, you know, whatever, you better make sure that sauce is right because that motherfucker going to kill you in about 10 years. But he's going to hold on to that grudge first. This is, this is going into deep territory. I'm just saying. This is actually maybe a good lesson for all of us. I'm just kidding, people. Come on. But, okay. but for real, though. No, I'm just kidding. Is he? Keep going. We don't know. Um, okay, my next one is, and I I had never ever heard of this, and the way that it is. Wait, wait, wait! I have another question though. Okay, about marriage, about about <laughs> Paul marriage. So, do you think that he waited for them to clean up the dishes first? Probably. You know what I mean? Like was like, or did he, or did that motherfucker like leave? Every, he was like, okay, we're done eating, and now. No, he probably waited. Wow. Because that's sing-along. That's what leads. You don't, oh, you don't like have a sing-along like do at you, dinner. Did he do it at the sing-along? I don't know. I, yeah, don't I, got know. A, I have a lot of questions about Well, maybe this. you should call him. No. Um, I, I, we're going to talk more about this later. Keep going. Okay. So this is a story that I found that I had never, ever heard of. And it actually oh, I've heard this one. impacts the way that we travel oh, yeah. to this day. Um, well, not right now, but this, this, know, this is a big one. This is a big so, uh, this is the tale of DB Cooper. Um, this is the only unsolved case of hijacking and air piracy in the U S history. And it happened the night before Thanksgiving in 1971, a guy calling himself Dan Cooper, but is later referred to as DB by the media for really unknown reasons. Uh, he boarded a Northwest Airlines flight 305 in Portland bound for Seattle. Mid-flight, he revealed to the flight attendant that he had a bomb in his carry-on that he showed to her and promptly conducted the politest hijacking ever. Uh, pardon me, miss. <laughs> miss, um, first off, can I have a whiskey? And number two, I have a bomb. I have a bomb. No, wait, no, no shh, don't freak out. I have a bomb. Yeah. Just look, okay, look No big deal. Bag. Okay, once again, don't freak out. Look in this bag, though. I have a plan. Okay, are you okay? All right, yes, that was a bomb. Are you okay? Okay, great. Right. I'm hijacking this. Yes, I have a plan. So he got uh, he got the plane to land in Seattle and demanded $200,000 in cash as well as two sets of parachutes. After these demands were met by the airline and the FBI, Cooper released the passengers and instructed the flight crew to take off and head for Mexico City. Shortly after the flight began, Cooper sent the flight attendant to the cockpit for safety. <laughs> God, then, I, I love this guy. I'm sorry, I do. I love him. And then strapped on one of the parachute sets, opened the plane's rear stairs, and jumped out basically into 
somewhere in yep. like Washington or like and he ain't never been found. No, and that's what happened. No trace of Cooper was ever found. Some of his mo- some of the money he stole was recovered from a forest outside of Portland many years later, but the man himself and his true identity because really they don't know because of the way that they took on passengers at the time through airlines you could basically just fake your identity to be honest uh so his true identity remains a mystery to this day i think the article that i looked up marked about 16 different people that they investigated for this um cooper became a legend and a folk hero because of his boldness and polite demeanor i mean yeah i mean he's he's kind of cool (laughs) and actually the fbi gave up looking for him altogether closing its case on cooper in 2009 without ever having solved it Uh, Many FBI agents are of the opinion that Cooper probably did not survive his high-risk jump, but his remains have never been recovered. Seems a little sus to me. Wow. Um, The FBI maintained an active investigation for 45 years. Yeah, yeah. Um, Despite the case, uh, file had grown to over 60 volumes at that period. No defensive conclusion has ever been reached. Um, Numerous theories. uh, A young boy discovered a small cache of ransom bullets. Uh, in the Columbia River in 1980, um, but really nothing ever has come of this. So this is what's interesting that came to be because of this. This is literally why you get searched the way you get searched now at the airport. Um, because there was a series of um, people in 1972 and 1973 that tried to hijack planes in similar fashion, but were not successful. Um, And the FAA began requiring airlines to search all passengers and their bags amid multiple lawsuits charging that such searches, searches violated the Fourth Amendment. Here's Search that and seizure. Damn constitution again. <laughs> Um, so basically, uh, the federal courts ruled that they were acceptable when applied universally. So that everyone had to do it. Exactly. So that's kind of why, you know, you're going through your metal detectors, you're getting your bags searched and everything now to this day, which is very interesting well, to me. not always. Well, let's, you know what I mean? I mean, there's definitely profiling. Oh yeah. so. I mean, like, <laughs> in the last, in the last several years, I've had the opportunity to fly a lot because mm-hmm. I was, I was traveling a lot for work. Uh, in various respects. And like, I will definitely say, and I'm sure people out there will, will agree with me on this. Like if you're white, you get through a lot. And if you're a white guy, especially you get through. Let me give you an example. Yeah. Um, I have, I am married to producer Michael and he is Mexican American. And, um, he at one time grew his beard a little bigger because he always has like stubble, but he kind of grew it out a little bit one year and we were traveling. I forget to where, but in both cases, when we went through security, I got through just fine. Sure. He got pulled into further, you know, look at your bag or whatever, whatever you call that. Yeah. Not sure what you call that at the airport anymore, but like basically question it further. Yeah. So that's just to show you the racial profiling oh, of, sure. of the FAA and yeah, the airports. It, it's, I mean, that stuff happens all the time. Like there is a deference to white businessmen. Yeah. Because like, for example, when I would travel to Hawaii, um, I, I had to bring a suit to Hawaii. I know that sounds ridiculous, but I would always wear my suit on the plane because I just don't like packing my suit. And then I would get to the hotel and like immediately change. Right. Yeah. So like I would wear my suit and like you get treated in a very different, different way, way yeah. if you are wearing a suit in the airport and like you're carrying like a nice bag, which I was. So like 
I got treated way differently than most of my colleagues, or like I got I got treated differently on my way into Hilo than my sister did. Sure, who is like my sister? We look kind of alike, but like Rebecca has an olive complexion. She has you know long sort of dark brown hair. She could look Persian if you looked at her in a certain way. Okay, and so like. There is just, I mean, we're going on a, a new tangent here, but, you know, why not? It's our show. Um, just to say, like, it's not as universal as we would like it to be. Yeah. And sometimes I'm like, even if it meant we took longer, could you just do it? Because there are also times, I don't know if you felt this way too, but, like, the stuff that I have in my bag, I'm like, you didn't catch that? Yeah, no, I definitely had a... Um... And this is not by me wanting it to be in there. Yeah. It just was left over from a previous trip. What was it? Um, it was one of those kind of corkscrews that is the just kind of like tube. Yeah, and yeah, you, I get you, that. you pull it out and yeah, you kind of sure. stick it. And it's like a manual right. corkscrew. Yeah. But that got through like three trips yeah. until it got caught. Exactly. So. I mean, and it's other stuff too. Like, I mean, like, let's face it, I bought, I brought plenty of drugs before on, on, in bags that I've had. I've brought, lighters that i probably shouldn't have had or this or that or whatever like you know that stuff gets through pretty easily sorry faa yeah well i think that that will kind of wrap us up on our thanksgiving not even kind of it (laughs) well hold on i have one more um what 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 now one more thanksgiving um question for Wait, you this specifically. Is, this is, listeners, this is honestly a surprise. I don't know what he's going to do. What is your favorite Thanksgiving side dish? Oh. I know that's tough because there's a lot of good ones. And I'm even probably going to give a tie. But this, okay, this is honestly tough. Um, we, I can do a tie. Yeah, you can All do right. a tie. So uh, Andrew and I were actually talking about this <laughs> earlier. Um, and uh, our, our friend Casey, if you listen to this, I love you. I promise I love you. But... Um, <laughs> When it comes to stuff, I mean, I really like stuffing. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. But I am very much into just like traditional stuffing. I don't like it. I don't like it wild. I don't like it experimental. I just like, like seriously, a box of stovetop. I am good to go. But that really ties up with me with honestly, cranberry sauce. I don't know why, but cranberry sauce in conjunction with the rest of the food on your plate is just the right amount of tart that I'm like, oh. So are you a uh, are you a canned cranberry sauce or homemade person? To be honest, I could do either. Okay, and if I because I know there's a strong divide. Well, in the world for me, for me, I'm ACDC on this, and I never bottom. But I'll tell you what, I would bottom for cranberry sauce. Okay, and um, (laughs) I don't know what that means. If I I don't really either. If I had my druthers, though, I would have both at the table. And in fact, for our Thanksgiving. I might bring a can just for fun. Okay. Yeah. I know that there's a lot of people out there that are very purist about their cranberry I mean, sauce. So hear me out about the can. The great thing about the can is that if you like it on a sandwich, like later on with, with it like slices nice. you can slice it and yeah. put it on there. It's nice. Yeah, I get that. What are yours? Um, so there's a lot that I really love. Um, I think I'm going to have to go with um, an unpopular choice. Oh, God, what? Uh, I really love green bean casserole. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people don't. I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of No, I know. And I understand a lot of people yeah. don't. Um, it's usually between green bean casserole and stuffing for yeah. me. Well, how do you make the green bean casserole? So I usually do it pretty traditional. Sometimes I'll make my own roux if I'm feeling fancy. Yeah. Um, but I will put like sage and salt and pepper okay. and like, you know, Thanksgiving spices See, in it. I think one of the reasons why I haven't liked it for so and long. And specifically French style green beans. Well, see, okay, that's the thing. I have a sister-in-law that's allergic to like everything and she would always make it and I would be like, oh, <laughs> great. 
She's allergic to garlic. She oh no! Garlic you got to have garlic. And it was always like the stubby green beans that I, I hate. Those. And I just and most people use frozen green gross. beans, and I hate frozen green beans. Oof. I will only use canned or fresh. Yeah, like I just look. It, it, it just can you make something good and tasty? Yes. See, mine. Now I have another question for you. Actually, <laughs> all right. Let's so keep going. So this is what you like to eat, but what do you like to make? Because that that can be different. My favorite thing to make is the mashed potatoes. Yeah, yeah. My favorite thing is the pie. Yeah, you know okay. that about me. Yeah. I love making pies. I I know how much people love mashed potatoes, and I just I feel like I have the perfection. You of got it. a good mashed potato. Like, it's pretty good. Take a mashed potato. <laughs> you can do the twist. Anyway, this wraps up our our food <laughs> segment yeah. of Friday the Thirteenth. Hope you're ready to to lick that wishbone, everybody. Uh, I do miss my my aunt's cheesy potatoes. Oh my god, we have to stop. We have to stop. <laughs> it's over. Listen. This segment is over. I also haven't had a meal today. So. Shut up. We're going to go. You should have eaten today. I know. I it forget. Is, it is three o'clock in the I afternoon. I forget. Listen, everybody, we're going to take a break, and then we're going to have a snack, apparently, and then we're going to come back with the next one. What you been watching, you bitch? Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Gobble, gobble. It's time for What You Been Watching, bitch. What You Been Watching? What? <laughs> I didn't have anything else to say. Are you not going to gonna finish it? Nope. Uh, no, that's all I wanted to do today. It was just that, was just that part. Always keeping me on my toes. Yeah, I just wanted to see what would happen if I only did that part. So this is the portion of the show where we're literally talking about what we've been watching. Yeah. So why don't you go first, Maddie? Sure. I want to start with something really, really great. Uh, Leap of Faith on Shudder. It is a documentary that is just nothing more than an interview with uh, Billy Friedkin, of course, the director of The Exorcist, among many other things. But it's specifically about The Exorcist. It is an in-depth, incredible conversation with with him. I mean, I really I, I can't tell you how good this discussion is. It's so good. He tells you everything about the movie. Um, it goes in depth on like every single nook and cranny you could possibly imagine. Answers, you know, really incredible questions that you don't really hear, but like he just like he, you can tell he's responding to something. And he tells you stories, and he tells you about the actors, and he tells you about what they had to go through, the things they had to do to get this part and that part and this part and that part. It's incredible. Like if you, if I mean, listen, if you don't like The Exorcist, don't watch it. Like I, yeah. I, I don't really care if you don't. To be honest, like don't watch it then. If you like The Exorcist, then watch it. It's a fantastic thing. I'm really glad that Shudder had it on. Um, I loved it. It was wonderful. Is it? Does it have like clips from the movie and oh, stuff? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for okay. sure. I mean, so it's, it's like a full-fledged. Yeah, it's not just his face talking. Well, the way you phrased it, it was like a conversation with William Friedkin. Well, yeah. Like. I mean, that's, that's what it is. But then also, like they, they produce it in a really smart way, and they show you the parts that he's talking okay. about. Okay. Yeah. And it's fantastic. You should watch it. Okay, uh, my first one is a movie that I missed, and okay. and it's actually an A24 movie. Okay. It's called Slice, and it is all about a um, town where murders are happening that um, they're killing pizza delivery people. Huh. Uh, it's got Chance the Rapper in it. What? Um, in... I have not heard of it. Listen, um, I watched this movie because it came up on my on-demand as free to me. So it must be like on HBO or Showtime or something. Yeah. Um, so I gave it a, I gave it a, cha- a, a, chot? a, a shot. A shot? A shot? 
Um, I actually really enjoyed it, but it was definitely not a 24 um, caliber that you'd come to expect if you're watching. That's weird. You know, The Witch or, you know, some of their or other. Or anything by age 24. Yeah, it's definitely more like um, uh, kitschy and like more like over the top. Uh, it. it it's set in a world where there are clearly witches and werewolves and like vampire, like okay. those things just exist. Okay. Like there's no um, myth around them or anything. And it all around surrounds like when Chance the Rapper comes back to town, he's a werewolf. So they all think that he's the one committing the murders when there's something more nefarious happening because a pizza delivery place is on top of what I can only amount to as a hellmouth. So it's a lot. That sounds like a lot. But I really enjoyed watching it. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I'm not going to lie. That's probably one that's not going to be on my list. Yeah, no, it's not for you for sure. But I'm glad you had fun watching it. Yeah, I, I had, that's exactly what I got out of it, is yeah. I just had fun watching it. Sure. So, um, My next one is uh, a show called Cobra. It's a BBC show. Not to be confused with Cobra Kai. Not Cobra Kai, <laughs> no. Um, Cobra is a BBC limited, limited series, like every BBC thing. Um, it's basically about like England... Um, in the very near future, a solar flare happens and knocks out all of the power everywhere. Okay, so and this is different than what I was thinking. Yeah, it's, it's not what you're thinking. Well, no, I was thinking of the one that came out. I forget what platform it was on, where if Africa had colonized England. No, it is not that. Do you, do you know what I'm talking about, though? I don't, actually. I think it's on Peacock, to be honest. Um, I'm not sure, but... This is, it was actually pretty good. It was it was a very BBC miniseries, but um, it was good. I, it held my attention. I watched it all in one night, to be honest with you. So six hours of just watching a thing. Um, it was good. I would suggest it. it. It also is interesting to think about, you know, what would really happen in society if the internet went down and there was no more communication and there was, and there wasn't power, like, what would happen in today's world? I don't a, think we should speak that thing. into being right now. <laughs> well, I mean, you never know. Sun flares are real. So that's Cobra on BBC. Uh, you can watch that on um, on PBS if you have PBS. Uh, like if you're paying for an extra subscription, you can watch it. Any notable people in it? Oh, tons. Like R- Robert, more like England. I mean, R- Robert Carlyle's in it, who's a big actor. Okay. Yeah. I don't know that. Um, Ravenous, the main character. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, I know who and, that is. And Robert Carlyle has been in a lot of yeah. movies. He, he's, he's pretty big. So the next one that I have is one that is, I don't know how, I don't know how often you listen to NPR, but this movie, for some reason, still gets played on NPR that it is still in theaters. Huh? Even though it came out like a year and a half ago. That makes no sense. They always have the commercial for The Dead Don't Die. That's so weird. On NPR saying... The one, the one with Bill Murray. Yeah, yeah saying yeah. that it's in theaters now. Um, It's not. <laughs> it's not. Um, But The Dead Don't Die, this is a stacked cast of like Adam Driver yeah, and big. Bill Murray yeah. and Tilda Swinton. Jim Jarmusch, right? Yeah, and um, it's it's it sets itself up to be a kind of straightforward um, small town going through a zombie apocalypse type yeah. of movie. If you're going to go into it with that mentality, you're not going to enjoy the movie. Yeah. If you go into that with this movie is just going to kind of... Um, go its own route, yeah. then you'll probably enjoy it more. So that's okay. what I would give listeners to. Yeah, I actually, I still haven't seen it yet. And I and I want to. It's just, I haven't gotten around to it yet. I, I will say I, I had fun with the movie. It does have a lot. It does have some flaws, including um kind of just like a 
really weird off kilter ending huh. um but i did enjoy what i watched i just i kind of had a couple moments where i'd kind of like tilt my head and be like huh i mean anything with bill murray i'm gonna watch it yeah and i i do know i'm not as familiar with the director of the movie but i guess he is pretty famous for directing these types of movies oh, yeah, that kind of like sure. take you like out of it out of your element yeah um so i think if you watch the trailer and that's the movie you're expecting you probably won't enjoy yourself but if sure. you just kind of go into it with an open mind i think you probably have some fun with it okay my next one is the crown the new season on netflix season four now um, so now we're in the time period of Margaret Thatcher, played by Gillian Anderson, who is just really good as Margaret Thatcher. Um, we have Princess Diana has now entered the scene. Um, and I forget uh, the actress's name, but her last name is Corin. Um, she's fantastic. Uh, Josh O'Connor plays Prince Charles. Josh O'Connor is really, really good. Um, uh, you might have seen him in um, the... Uh, the very gay-centric movie called God's Own Country. It came out a couple years ago. Fantastic movie. I mean, truly a beautiful, lovely film about uh, a lot of things. But he was he was stupendous in it. And he's great as Prince Charles. Um, this season is good. And you know, what's great about this season is this. Um, I get it. People like don't like royalty. People don't like the royal family. People like to say that they don't care, although they actually do. Um, I don't care if you don't like the royal family or not. This this season of The Crown is about, like, being a human. And it really explores that. And it explores that through this extraordinary circumstance of a family who happens to be the royal family. And it's incredible. And it's well worth everyone's time to sort of weave in and out of that. Because this is not, like, it's not about, like, planning a royal wedding. This is about, like poor people in England who don't have anything in contrast to people who have everything. It's about Maggie Thatcher and the awful policies that she had that ruined poor people in England for a very long time. It's an incredible show in general, but this season I think really knocked it out of the park. I loved it. Cool. It was cool. awesome. I'm glad you liked it. Yeah. Um, my next one is, uh, it came out about this time last year, uh -huh. and I just never got around to it uh, because we lived lives back then. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I finally got around to it is uh, Zhuan Origins on Netflix. This is kind of the prequel to the film that we know as The Grudge. Yeah. This shit, you, you you should watch it. Yeah. Um. It's it's. Uh, let me preface that with, if you're not, if you're uncomfortable with like brutality and gore, maybe don't watch it. Um. Because it is very brutal and it does not pull any punches. Yeah. Sure. Um. But it essentially takes you know, three or four different characters or character arcs or character what's the word i'm looking for like groups of people okay. that have come into contact with the house sure, that the grudge sure. exists within yeah um and kind of shows what happens to them and how they get to kind of what you know of as the grudge modern day sure uh i really enjoyed it um if you're turned off by subtitles, there is a dubbed version. Um, the dubbing is actually pretty good. Is for, it really? Yeah, 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 yeah. It okay. is. It is because I'm I'm usually turned off by dubbing, but yeah. sometimes I I don't want to think so hard in my brain. I know. So I just turn on the dubbing, and this one I didn't really find um, to be 
super distracting or anything. Okay. So um, I would definitely recommend if you are a fan of kind of that, um, the, Style. The, 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 in that kind of like ghost story or yeah, whatever, sure. um, I would definitely recommend you on Origins. Okay. And then my last one, because I have one more that I wanted See, to do. See, kids, he brought four. <laughs> I wanted, he slipped it in there at the end, I might add. I wanted to do a follow-up because of our last episode. All right, make it snappy. I will, Come I will. on. Um, our last episode, we reviewed The Omen. So uh, as many listeners may have known, I just bought the whole series of The Omen. So I have uh, one through four and the remake. I have not watched the remake yet because I saw it in theaters and I don't really think that fondly I of it. I don't think but, you're missing anything there. Um, but I did watch for the first time, and you know, as a horror fan i'm i'm ashamed to kind of say that i had not seen these but yeah. i watched damien the omen 2 uh, da- uh the omen 3 the final conflict yeah. and the omen 4 the awakening i don't think that this series gets enough credit i i mm. i honestly damien the omen 2 was just as good as the first one I get that. I, I think that if you know if i'm being honest like you know that the exorcist we know how i yeah, the yeah, exorcist yeah. I don't like Exorcist 2, and I really don't like Exorcist 3. Even, I, know, I know a lot of people like Exorcist 3. I don't. Even given the, the caliber of actors that are in that film, I really, I, I have some strong opinions about it. I do think that the series of The Omen, I, I, I talked about how, how I feel about The Omen versus The Exorcist sure. in the last yeah, episode, yeah. but I, all of that aside... I think that the Omen series does a better job than the Exorcist series. Yeah, I to, was to be honest. I was I, all I'll say is I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, sure. Um, and, and even in the Omen three, where we get Sam Neill, like young Sam Neill. I, I actually I love Sam Neill. So, uh, and then you know the Omen four, the Awakening is a made for TV movie, so it does suffer some of those kind yeah. of things. Oh, but... also I love that part in Omen two, um, where he's like, "Well, actually, the word raptor means bird of prey." What? Oh no, that's Jurassic Park. <laughs> Wait, never mind. I lied. Bad joke. Bad Keep joke. going. I lied. Uh, but anyway, if you've ever thought to yourself, "Man, I've never seen those Omen sequels," I would, I would say, go for it. Watch it. <laughs> Listen, what the fuck else are you doing yeah. right now? Like, give yourself a day where you're like, oh, wait, I'm not doing literally anything else. I'll watch all the omens. Yeah. Why not? Give yourself an omen. Anyway, I think that will take us to a close on what you've been watching, bitch. No, no it's not. It isn't? No, because we have two from our Patreon. <gasps> oh, my God. I totally forgot. So I listen, totally forgot. Oh, you are. Listen. I you're, know. You're batting. We're going to get you later. Um, so listen, you know that we have a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash frygay13, right? So you can become a Patreon for as little as how much, Andrew? A dollar. A dollar. Literally a dollar. That's like nothing. It's 12 bucks a year. And so at a certain level, what level do we watch movies? $5. At $5. So if you donate $5 a month to us, which every single dollar gets pumped right back into the show, we will watch a movie in your honor and talk about it. Yeah. So we have two new Patreons, actually, uh, which is awesome. So, um, Andrew, you watched uh, one called House Hunting. Yes, this was recommended by our patron, Natalie. Uh, House Hunting, You can, if you care to watch it, it is on Amazon Prime right now. So if you have Prime membership. And it's also called The Wrong House. <clears throat> 
on on Amazon, it's called House Hunting, but it does have alternate titles oh, in, I see. in okay. other places. Okay. But um, that's why you can find it on Amazon. Tell us all about House Hunting. House Hunting is about two families that are going to... Uh, they're both looking for a house, obviously house hunting. <laughs> um, but they kind of get to this house at the same time. And huh. they're both led there by like this guy who kind of like, just comes up to them and says like, Oh, you're looking for a house? Come see this one. And hands them like the flyer or whatever you call that little pamphlet. Um, and they both go and they accidentally go at kind of like the same time. So they're overlapping and there's this weird voice box. The the door is open and there's this weird voice box outside that they press the button and it kind of gives you like an introduction to the move to the uh, house. They're like, it's 1646 West Pine street. Come inside and see the thing. And then they kind of get weirded out that there's nobody there. So they try to leave and it turns out that they can't leave. Like every time they drive away, they just drive right back like there's no way to leave and it's all about these two families navigating kind of i mean in this this is not giving away anything but like in the like last in the first like 15 minutes there's a title card that says like a month later so they're trapped in this house for a month holy shit so it's them kind of navigating what's going on and trying to figure it out um it's weird because uh there's always a cupboard that always has seven pieces of uh seven cans of stew and i told michael last night we were watching this i'm like oh yeah like dinty more stew and he was like what what is that I'm like, you don't know what Dinty Moore is? Was he thinking more like Chunky Brands do? <laughs> but you know what Dinty Moore oh, is, yeah. right? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but it was like, yeah, Dinty Moore. I mean, we didn't, we didn't really eat it that often, but like, I, I can we see did. the can in my head right now. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it's kind of like them just kind of figuring it out. Obviously, things are growing with tension. Um, that comes to a part where the house kind of demands blood, and it keeps going from there. Huh. Kind of says, like, only one family can survive this. It and sounds so, interesting. It, and it was. Uh, the only thing I'll say about it is that it's definitely like low budget yeah like sure. so if you can forgive some of the um the acting well i mean mark singer was in it i mean he's 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 pretty... like the one guy yeah sure <laughs> so um i i would say i had a good time watching it it had a pretty satisfying ending yeah. um if you can forgive some of the acting i think that you'll yeah. really enjoy it so you yeah. can watch it on amazon prime what okay. about you well, uh, for our patron, Brandon, Brandon, thank you very much for joining up with us. Yes, and Brandon, I was very afraid when you joined because I have a mortal enemy that has your very similar name, he but does. it's just two letters switched around, and I was very nervous. Um, so Brandon suggested that we watch Black Box, also on Amazon Prime. And this is part of that um, Bloom House. The, the, it's part of the Bloom House series, and I, I, I have some things to say about that. But um, uh, this one came out in October, so really, it just came out. Um, and it was it was it was good. You know, I, I watched this last night. I, I enjoyed it. Um, Mamadou Athi, or maybe Ati, I think his name his last name might be. He plays the main character of Nolan. Um, Felicia fucking Rashad is in. Oh, it. nice. Fucking talking about Claire Huxtable is in the house today. Nice. Um, and listen, I love Felicia Rashad. I got some news for you. I, I grew up watching the Cosby's. I thought Lisa Bonet was the coolest girl in the world, <laughs> and I also loved Claire Huxtable, and I also love Felicia Rashad, of course, who played her. Anyways, this movie is about Nolan, um, who, uh, after losing his wife in a car accident, also has amnesia. Mm. And so uh, he's a single father now. I forget his daughter's name. Um, but he decides to go through this treatment with a device <laughs> called the Black Box. And the black box is run by this doctor who is played by Felicia Rashad. And so um, it's it's like this 
It's it looks sort of like a virtual reality headset. It looks okay. Kind of, it looks kind of like an Oculus that's just like really big. Basically. Okay. And so when you go into this black box treatment, it basically takes you into your subconscious and it um, takes you deep into your memories. And when you first go into it, she teaches you that like, okay, you're in your safe room now. This is like where you go to be safe, obviously. You can't leave this room. If you leave this room, I can't get you back. And also like um, you have an analog watch. So this watch is like how you get around, basically. If you turn the crown forward, you'll go forward in your memories. If you turn the crown back, you'll go back in your memories. And so it becomes this like basically this journey of this dude trying to get his memory back. And like I, I don't want to give a lot away because there are a lot of twists and turns. So okay. I, I, I got to be kind of careful with that. But yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it. What this feels like to me is um, sort of like... Bloom houses and maybe Amazon's Black Mirror. Okay. That's what it feels like to me. Yeah. And, and I think that's what the whole In the Dark series has kind of been. Well, no, that's Hulu. Into the Dark is Hulu. Oh, no, no. I'm sorry. That, I don't mean that. I mean, I mean the Bloom house. Yeah, the Bloom house on, thing. on Amazon. Sorry. Yeah. I've watched two of them. I've watched yeah. The Lie. And you watched Nocturne. And I watched right? Nocturne. Yeah. And I felt very similarly. Yeah. Um, not that they use technology like Black yeah, Mirror right. does, but it feels like a. Honestly, if I'm being totally honest, both movies that I watched in this series kind of just feel like movies that were not good enough for theaters, sure. but Bloomhouse produced them. Yeah. And now that we're in pandemic times, they sold them to Amazon. I think that makes sense. And I, I'm not I'm not trying to like downplay them because yeah, sure. I mean give them a watch if you want, but like I felt like both had like grandiose ideas that just never really paid off. Yeah, I mean I, I would say with Black Box, it, I, I don't think you're too far off with that either. I, I think that's um I think first off, like it's 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 pretty good performances from from a, a really great... oh yeah all of the movies that I've watched yeah. have all had good acting but 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 this one specifically has has pretty good performances from a cadre of black actors and that's really great to see because it's great to have a movie with black people in it um, and especially like like a horror movie um, you know producers from Get Out obviously worked on this too um, so it does kind of have a little bit of a Get Out feeling too to it I notice like there are some commonalities that you'll see when you watch it. Um, in general, yeah, it was good. I just sort of wish like they would uh, every part that I wanted them to go further, they didn't go further. Gotcha. That that was a thing for me, and I was like, oh, just just make this fucking crazy right now. Like, yeah. Make it make it way scarier right now. And I'm not usually like that, as you know. So like, I don't know. I I enjoyed it. Probably not going to watch it again. Do I think that you should watch it? Absolutely. I I think it was an enjoyable watch. Um, especially during quarantine when you're not watching a lot else. Yeah. So watch it. It was good. And also the lead actor, I, I don't think I've seen him in anything else. Hmm. Um, and he was good. He also has a really interesting voice. Like okay. I, it's hard to explain the, uh, the, the timber of his voice was really compelling. And I, that's that kind of stuff really sticks out to me as somebody who studied voice. Huh. Um, I just, I really enjoyed hearing him speak. There okay. you go. And also, once again, did I mention Felicia Rashad? <laughs> well, thank you, Natalie and Brandon, for your patronage. Thank you. And uh, we really, really, really do appreciate it. Thank you for supporting independent podcasts. So we will take another break and we will be back with our first movie. And it is entitled Blood Rage. Blood Rage. Looks like you're going to get a chance to meet the rest of the family. My psychotic brother just escaped. I just don't want to speak. 
Anybody else need more turkey? No, I'm pretty good, thanks. I don't like to talk about my brother. He gives me nightmares. This Thanksgiving. You know, somebody ought to tell him to get inside. Nobody should be out with my brother around. He looked exactly like Terry, except he had this really wild, crazed look in his eyes. Sweetheart, you know that? A real sweetheart. It's not cranberry sauce, Artie. It's not cranberry sauce. Get ready, it's time for horror in the media. Maddie, tell us all about our first uh sacrifice in this Thanksgiving. Oh. Uh the the movie that is Blood Rage. Blood Rage from 1987 also known as Nightmare at Shadow Woods, Slasher, and Complex. It had a lot of names. We'll talk more (laughs) about that. Um, Not All Evil is on Elm Street. In 1974, Terry commits a murder and pins it on his twin brother in a really funny way. Um, To his twin brother named Todd. Ten years later, Todd escapes from a mental institution on the same day as Terry's murderous instincts resurface. Blood Rage was directed by John Grismer, written by Bruce Rubin, who had a pen name of Richard Lambden for some reason. It was produced by the Film Concept Group and some other companies. Um, Todd and Terry were played by Mark Soper. Maddie, the mother, was played by Louise Lasser. Karen by Julie Gordon. Julie was played by Jane Benson. And Dr. Berman was played by Marianne Cantor. Rated R, a great 82 minutes, thank God. Country was USA, naturally. Uh, released in May of 1987. Filmed mostly in Jacksonville, where it also takes place. Um, but the drive-in sequence, where the murder happens, was filmed in New Jersey. Could not find budget information for this thing literally anywhere. And I searched. It was not there. Um, I'm guessing that the budget was probably $20,000, I'm lying <laughs> to you. Um, worldwide gross was $10. Anyways, that is a little bit about Blood Rage. Blood Rage. This was my suggestion for our Thanksgiving Day yeah. dinner. Why did you choose it for Thanksgiving? Because it takes place on Thanksgiving. There you go. <laughs> um, no, there's a there's a very notable sequence of people laughing at a table while they carve the turkey. <laughs> I love they it's just yep. they, they cut to them being like ha ha ha, 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 ha. Like, literally it was like okay everybody start laughing we're gonna start filming you I haven't heard oh, I, haven't, oh. I haven't heard that one before oh, watermelon watermelon <laughs> I'm telling you um this is not a good movie but it is a fun stupid movie it's, yeah I, you know this is my first time seeing it, it and was, i couldn't wait for you to watch it yeah um, i i, I there, there's a lot of great zingers and a lot of great moments like you just want to get out your phone and record the video because it's just it's so dumb um and it, it was a lot of fun to watch it really was um the the tour de force acting of our mother character oh my god it's so awful uh you see her again in the i'm sure in other things like don't get me wrong but she was also in black xmas which was the uh first remake of black christmas sure sure sure. she played the uh the murderous uh son raping uh mother in that movie 
Well, she just keeps playing the mother. <laughs> um, there are so many things about this movie that I just absolutely love. I love that when you open on the drive-in theater, they're going to see the house that cried murder. Um, yeah. And the version that we watched on Shudder, which everyone can go ahead and go and watch on yeah, Shudder, um, is actually uh, the title screen is Slasher. Yeah, right. <clears throat> um, uh, it starts with a very cute boy. If we were going to yeah. do um, a uh, hottie this episode, the one in the uh, the one that, that the that, one in the sleeveless sweater, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and that goes to the concession yeah. booth. Oh yeah, he's, he's so he's so he's it, smoking and gets the uh, condoms from oh, yeah. Ted Raimi of yeah, all people. Right, right, right. Um, you know, th- this movie starts with a kind of a, a, a weird situation that I don't, th- well, a lot of us might be getting reused to, uh, yeah, being sure. at the, uh, drive-in theater. I know that I used to go to the drive-in theater. We used to go to the Cherry Bowl drive-in. We used to go to the YNW. And, um, because... YNW or the 49er, we had that one too. And because kids, uh, 10 and under were free... My parents would often ask us to put a blanket over us and shrink down so that oh we looked God. younger so we oh could get in for God. free. <laughs> Jesus. Um, they even went as so far as to put my teenage stepbrother in the trunk. Did you have <laughs> these speakers on the window yes. or did you have radio? We had both. Okay, us yeah. too. Um, but we did have a time where we knew someone that if you sat on their roof, it was kind of like, um, God, what's that movie with Demi Moore and, oh God, why am I blanking Ghost? No, 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 no. Uh, with like Rosie O'Donnell. Oh God, I don't know. Where they played kids and then they played older versions of oh, themselves. Oh, um, I know and what she, you're talking anyway, about. Anyway, people are going to be screaming at the thing right now, but, um, my had a, I had a, an acquaintance that if you sat on their roof, you could see the drive-in, and then you could tune in your radio to kind of like get to the station. Um, but anyway, um, we start with the now and then. Now and then, God thank damn you, it. thank you. Um, I don't know why I forgot that. Um, I did too. It makes you feel any better. But uh, we open with the drive-in. We get te- a Todd and Terry, and they uh, they find that their mom's at it again, as yeah. they say. Mom's at it again. Come on. <laughs> and they go, and um, Terry picks up a hatchet from one of the trunks. From, just from a truck. <laughs> it's just open. There's a hatchet. He takes it. And he kills the, ugh, the cute the boy. The cute guy. Um, who's having some canoodling time with yeah. <laughs> putting those putting those condoms to use? And she she runs bare bootied out of there. Oh my God, uh, there's so much weird nakedness in this. Why movie. we should have seen his booty, even if it was dead. Yeah. Well, we get to see what's his Greg's booty yeah. later on. The, thanks, Greg. <laughs> Um, but the, some of the things that I thought were funny about this is that the voiceover of the doctor is like very um, underrepresented. Like yeah. I was I was having a hard time like understanding is this a voiceover or is this in the movie like yeah, i don't understand I like what's happening because they're also having a conversation behind the voiceover and the voiceover is so cheesy i know it's so I well mean, the, the the whole movie's cheesy but this was cheesy. the thing that i find funny about the voiceover is that she says yes todd is catatonic and then in the next in he's the next frame he's talking yeah so. he's not catatonic at all he's actually to be honest he seems kind of fine yeah the whole time totally 
he just has this, it reminded me of Mean Girls where like one has the hair pushed forward yes. and one has the hair pushed back. It was ridiculous. Um, I, I have not seen this short of shorts in a, a movie since Sleepaway Camp because yeah. we do get a nice football segment because, you know, you got to play football you, on you Thanksgiving. Got, you got to have one. I, I did know. enjoy it, though. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. I, I, I enjoyed too. the short shorts. Um, the laughing around the table. Uh, I love the pop collar with a tie. I know. <laughs> I know. Some of the good but, quotes. I mean, it's actually kind of made me want to do it too a little bit. To be honest. yeah, bring it back. You know, you never know. Um, I, I some of the mom's lines are just so good when she's like, "Dig in," and they all kind of look at her like, "You haven't carved the turkey." And she's yet. like, "To the other to stuff." Other stuff. <laughs> uh, my favorite line in the movie is when Julie is going out to talk to is it Alfie or uh, I can't remember his name. That nah, doesn't matter. But she's going out to talk to like this guy she's dating and she's got her baby in the other room. Like the, the cl- perfect class for Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, and she tells her baby, mama's going to go get you a rich daddy. Yeah. And then goes back out there to him. We're in her having- negligee. Yeah, totally. Where he's having a feast of liqueurs. Because there's like a coconut liqueur, a banana liqueur. He had never had any of these liqueurs before ever. He's also like the, like literally the dorkiest person in the world. Um, and not to bring it back to the mom, but um, I'm going to because I think she's hilarious. Um, I love when she's just sitting on the ground eating corn. <laughs> she she is a trip. Even at the end of the movie, what does she keep exclaiming? I'm Todd. Is that what she says? No, she's just like, oh, she's saying at the end, like, oh, I love you so much. We're in this together. We're in this together. And then she's like, Terry. And he's like, I'm Todd. That's what Todd says. But she says something, too, at the end. I don't remember. She, I, I'm pretty sure she keeps repeating, I'm Todd. I'm Todd. And, and shoots I, her brains out. Yeah. And, and like, it's, it's, it's all very dramatic and very art house at the end, of course. It was ridiculous. Um, one of the, one of the little throwaway lines that I thought was just funny is like when, um, the step, the soon to be stepdad and Terry are in the kitchen and they're kind of cleaning up. And, um, the soon to be stepdad kind of says, like, oh, honey, I'll take care of the dishes and you just go relax because Todd's on the loose and, you know, I want, I don't want you to worry. And she basically says, she, as she walks away, she's like, the the turkey was perfect. <laughs> it was just so stupid. And every time we see blood in this movie, what does he say? It's oh, not cranberry it's not, sauce. It's not cranberry sauce. I mean, like, it's that's the thing, right? You know, like, and you guys know for me, this sort of thing is usually truly not, this is not my thing. Um, I like, I like the more dramatic. I like the things that are sure. more, frankly, more depressing. This one is fun. I mean, it's not meant to be fun, but it is so much fun to watch. I kept texting Michael and Andrew <laughs> videos that I was taking from my own screen. And um, I just had to because it was so funny. Yeah. So much of it was funny. Yeah. And I just kept laughing. I like how when Karen is getting ready to go um, profess, profess, profess her love to Terry, she basically has like a pump up moment where she's like, <laughs> she's like, She's like, okay, okay, Karen, this is it. <laughs> She's like, <laughs> two more of my oh, two more of my favorite lines were, "I'll say this big bird is ready for carving." That one really got me. <laughs> and then another one too is when Terry sits down, and this is when like you know the mom and the and the, the Brad was his name, the dad guy who's not the dad yet. Yeah, like I just refer Brad to him as whatever. soon to be yeah. stepdad. Um, when they're like, okay, don't tell anybody else what's going on, and Terry sits down and goes. <laughs> Well, my psychotic brother just escaped. Yeah. And everyone's like, what the fuck? 
it was hilarious um I, I like how when Karen goes to profess her love to Terry and she's basically saying like, I know we haven't talked and I know we haven't sent letters and I know we haven't talked on the phone and I know we haven't seen each other in a while, but I think you should make love to me. Yes, <laughs> yes. totally. I mean, honestly, that, that's kind of, I, I don't know. I might think about doing that too. Another <laughs> thing that I really love is when Terry is chasing one of the girls. I can't remember which one, but she's like going around because like where they are is in this like apartment complex like, complex yeah. basically um in jacksonville which is the worst place in the world and so um the, she's running around trying to get help and she's banging on doors and she bangs on this one door and there's this little girl but, the, but it's the payoff to an earlier scene yeah, yeah, right, where right, right, we right. see the wait, little girl yeah. earlier so the little girl is is like no they said not to let let, let any stranger in and then she goes they're gonna hurt my kitty <laughs> it was so funny well, I, I nearly died laughing right there. early on in the movie that same girl is out looking for her kitty cat and she stumbles yeah. upon todd who todd is the good one uh-huh. and he basically says like don't open the door for anybody well and, and he says cats have a way of finding their way home yeah just like that too it's a very odd sequence in a very odd movie yeah because it just it literally happens out of nowhere a movie featuring the song the hit song i'm gonna get you i'm gonna find you yeah it's 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 really good but then also he finds dr berman his his like psychologist and tries to put her back together she's in two pieces which i wrote down followed by lol (laughs) that's how funny it was to see somebody into pieces. And I will then say- also one more thing is right after that scene, it cuts back to the house where the mom is vacuuming <laughs> the floor and she is drinking this gigantic glass of wine. It's huge. And I clearly she's very nervous. So like like they're trying to get across how oh, she's just she's like just got nervous energy. So she's just cleaning and like shakily drinking this giant glass of wine. It's it's funnier if you see it. Yeah. Trust me, you got to see it. I died, and I um, have it on video too. Um, the other big quote that I love is when it comes from the mom, where she's basically telling Terry, like, "Be careful out there. Todd's on the loose. Yes. Like, it's, it's everything's gonna be okay, but just be really careful. And also, it's cold outside, so please put on a sweater." And then she literally says, "No, the blue one. The blue one. Yeah, yeah. Be sure to use the blue one there." Um, I also like at the end. Well, we already kind of talked about it. Where the you know, the mom and and Todd are finally together. Terry's you know done for yeah. now, and she says it's just us, Terry. Yeah, and he says, "I'm Todd, I'm Todd," and then she does start saying, "I'm Todd." There. Oh, also, okay. at the very end of my notes, I just wrote, honestly, dot dot dot, very Florida. <laughs> this makes sense. Yeah, and honestly, I think it's. It's a very Florida horror film. I just I thought it was funny that the mom basically gets so drunk that she passes out standing up, but then gets up, gets put into bed, mistakes Todd for Terry, and then gets up and drinks more wine. Yeah. <laughs> but then also has the mental capability to get a gun and go and shoot the wrong yeah. guy. I mean, that's the thing. It's it's almost hard to talk about this movie because it's just a funny movie in the end. Yeah. Like there's there is literally no substance to this. The, and there I mean there's literally there's literally a character that in the scene prior to his death he's having a conversation with karen where he says i'm a survivor yeah and then he dies in the next scene <laughs> which is actually how um that one band made that song um called... i'm a survivor yeah, who, that is that destiny's that? child destiny's child yeah. yeah um destiny's child actually got the inspiration from 
blood rage. Oh, so interesting. Now you know. Um, a little bit of trivia about this. I did tell you that there were a bunch of other titles originally. So the film was shot in 1983, given a, a limited release, <laughs> surprise, theatrically, uh, by film concept group under the title Nightmare at Shadow Woods. Um, is that the name of the complex? Uh, I think it is. I, if I, I think I remember it, a it sign. It must be. Yeah. It must be, yeah. Um, let's see here. Uh, it was heavily edited, abbreviating much of the gore. Uh, contained a swimming pool scene not found in the 1987 VHS called Blood Rage. Mm. That was the version by Prism Entertainment. Um, the, that contains all of the gore. Also includes an early scene missing from Nightmare at Shadow Woods where Maddie visits Todd at the mental hospital. So, so that must be the one we watched. We, we saw yeah. the whole one. What's interesting, though, is that the title uh, card was still Slasher. I know. I didn't so understand that either. I, I, I couldn't find, and this is not a surprise because this movie's all over the place. Like, I, I couldn't find why that was so. You know, honest. it's very interesting because another movie on Shudder that I've watched recently, The yeah. Mutilator, also has an alternate title. Really? What is it? it? Uh, Fall Break. Hmm. Yeah, it's just very and interesting. It, and it literally comes up like on the screen, like, just mean, like this movie. I guess it, it was kind of a, another good lesson. Like, we, we, I love discovering things about films when we do do shows for the podcast. Like, oh, yeah. Different production companies that are going to produce it for a different release will yeah. give it a different title. Like that just makes total sense. And what I will say about this movie is that if you are a fan of practical effects, all the effects are pretty, pretty. They're not good. bad. Like, they're, yeah, they're not bad. I mean, there's some like dummy heads and stuff that don't look great, but, yeah, but other than that, it was pretty. Then. Like but, upon watching it this time, especially the drive-in kill where yeah. he. Hits him in the face with a hatchet. Yeah, the slash looks look, pretty good. They look, they look pretty real. Yeah, so I will say that I will give it that. I um, wish he would have slashed him on his butt or something so we could see his butt. I agree. This is, I think this might be the first time where we are, are agreeing on a hottie of a, of a movie. I mean, he's cute. Yeah, it's true. There's also, a, you know, there's actually I, a lot of cute guys listen, in this movie. <laughs> Andrew, I haven't had sex in eight months. It's true. So, like, literally, your beer bottle right now is looking kind of sexy to me. So, like, <laughs> I get it. you know, whatever. <laughs> I get it. Um, so, Give me uh, that beer bottle. <laughs> give me that beer bottle. <laughs> on Friday the 13th Horror Podcast, we grade on a seven-stripe scale because there are seven stripes in the rainbow. Uh, Maddie, what do you give blood? Blood rage. Four and a half. Okay. Um, for me, I realize that this might not be the w- most well-made movie. Will I watch it over and over and over again? Absolutely. Sure. So I'm going to give it a five. Congratulations. That's Blood Rage from 1987. Friends, refill your drink, but only half. You just need a half one for this. We're taking care of ourselves, remember? <laughs> and then we're going to come back and do our next film called Christy. Crazy about you. I want you to stay with me. This one time. You know my family. I have to go. You can't stay there by yourself. Mom, the flights are too expensive. I'll be fine till Christmas. It's weird, I've never seen it so dead here before. Overnight, police in Oregon announced they found the 21-year-old's body on... There's people 
people out there. They followed me here. I'm going out there. What's your emergency? There are people trying to kill me. I need help. We're already here, Christy. And we're back with our final film of the episode, and this one is called Christy. Andrew, tell us all about your girlfriend. <laughs> Christy, run for your life. When a college girl who's alone on campus over the Thanksgiving break is targeted by a group of outcasts, she must conquer her deepest fears to outwit them and fight back. Fight back. This is directed by Ollie Blackburn, written by Anthony Joswinski. Production company was David Kirshner Productions, um, also TWC. Um, Justine is played by Haley Bennett. Violet is played by Ashley Green. Aaron is played by Lucas Till. Wayne is played by Matthew St. Patrick of Six Feet Under fame. I Remember. Nicole is played by Erica Ash. Blue Hoodie is played... Oh, this is how they're titled? Yeah. Blue, yeah, <laughs> Blue, yeah, Blue right. Hoodie is played by Chris Coy. Black Hoodie is played by Mike Seal. Gray Hoodie is played by Lucius Fallick. And Scott is played by James Ranson. This is, comes in at a hot 86 minutes. We had two movies under 90 minutes. We <laughs> love that kind of thing. We're very much into that. Uh, this was made in the USA. Release date of November 5th, 2015. Um, filming locations were in New Orleans and uh, made on the Tulane campus. Uh, budget of $6.9 million. Gross. Uh, this, is, this was a very, very limited release and it only made about $616,000. Uh, and then it kind of went to different areas like Lifetime and Netflix. Yeah. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Okay, Christy. Uh, Maddie, I think this is a first-time watch for you. Yeah. Uh, why don't you tell me what you liked about Christy? Yeah, I, I, I liked Christy. I mean, there were parts of it that I definitely did not like, if I'm being honest with you. Um, but in general, you know, like I told you when I first came over for the recording today, Christy felt a little bit like The Strangers, but a little more satisfying. Okay. Like, I, I like The Strangers. Also, The Strangers drives me nuts because... Just there are things that you want to happen that don't happen. If you listen, I think episode three or episode four, you can get our thoughts on strangers. Yeah, oh my God, I re- <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll tell you, I remember going to Evanston to see the strangers too to get yeah. ready for that episode way back in the day. Oh my God. Um, anywho, so um, yeah, Christy was uh, was good. It um, um, it was it was satisfying because. Christy kills people, not Christy, because Justine, Justine kills people. <laughs> um, basically, the, the, the story is this. There is this fanatical group, very weird cult of people that are, are in this the small, fold. Yeah, that are in this small town um, around this mythical college called Birch College. Like I, like I said, it was filmed on the Tulane campus um, where Justine um, is staying behind for Thanksgiving break. Apparently... She is the only student (laughs) staying behind at this campus. And we should say that um, Justine is of meager means. Well, Uh, we'll talk about that. Because she has a job on campus. She can't afford to fly home for for Thanksgiving. Her roommate has a BMW. Her boy or her boyfriend, air quote, has has a Range Rover. Like, clearly she's the poor one in the group. So amidst many offers to go somewhere for Thanksgiving over literally like a bunch of them. And like good options, great options. Like oh, like one of them, for example, is going to Aspen to go right. skiing, <laughs> right? Um, in a with, private car with a bunch of rich people. Um, she still decides to stay at this college, which this is one of the first problems that I have. 
this this college apparently this rich kid college and there are a lot of like small colleges like that all around the country um this this campus does not look like a rich kid college. Yeah. That is one thing I will say right away. Yeah, it looks like almost like community college. Yeah, I don't know why on earth they chose to film this in New Orleans. That made no sense to me. This should have been filmed in the Northeast, in New England. It could have been filmed in the PNW. There's plenty of, of, of small liberal arts colleges there. Fuck, it could have been filmed at Grinnell in Iowa. It could have been filmed anywhere but Tulane. I will and that say is, that's one of my biggest problems. I will with say though, like this, uh, I know that you went to a larger college. And yeah, I, I kind of went to like a middle, yeah, middle sure. of the road as far as population goes. This felt like my college campus. Yeah, but your college campus wasn't a rich kid campus either. No, you know? no and not that, at all. That, and that's just what I'm saying is like it. It that part didn't make sense to me, and it's something. And I know it's very nitpicky. I get it. Yeah, but it's something that's sort because. The campus is a character in the movie. Oh, yeah, like, for sure. Where she has to go to get away from these people that I'm about to describe because I haven't done that yet. But like where she has to go to get away from them and do things and do this and do that and whatever. There's a pool, all these things. That's all part of it. And like it just didn't make any that, – that didn't make sense to me. But let me continue with the summary of what the movie actually yeah, is. Yeah, okay. So uh, Justine is by herself. She goes to a convenience store using her roommate's BMW that she graciously left for her to use, which was, which was cool of her. So she goes to like go pick up snacks and whatever, right? So she goes there and she runs into this woman who has very bad teeth. I have a, that in my notes too. <laughs> oh my god, and a lot of lip piercings, and um, she is just very weird to her. And so she leaves the store. She's like, "I like your hair." Yeah, like there's just of, there was a lot. I like your car. Yeah. So she leaves, <laughs> and like down the road, she runs into this woman again in that same in her her junkie car. And eventually they all head back to the campus. You know, they find her at the campus and then all hell breaks loose. And eventually, too, like Justine learns from these people who are now chasing her around the campus. They have killed, They're hunting her. They've yeah. killed the security guard. They have killed the groundskeeper who was played by Scott Ranso. And well, also the security guard is played by Matthew St. Patrick, who is Keith on Six Feet Under. Remember Keith? Yes. Sweet Keith. We need to talk about Todd. Is that his name, right? Todd. I think that's his name in the movie, isn't Scott. it? His name Scott. Is Scott. Yeah. Her boyfriend's <sighs> name is Aaron. Okay. Oh, Scott drove me nuts. This the, guy. The, the Scott sequence. I, I couldn't even handle it. I kind of wanted to turn the movie off then, but yeah. I'm glad that I didn't. I'm glad that I didn't. So this is a movie for me that is frustrating up till the point where it's fun again. Yeah. Because she goes through all of this thing where... So apparently this is the most unsecure, secure camp there is because early on in the movie they establish that there's a key card like a swipe but it never comes into play except for when she goes to do laundry that's the only time and (laughs) the rest of the film she has unfettered access to everything everywhere and not only does she so do the killers everyone does but no just to go back to the scott sequence so scott is a groundskeeper basically and he has a uh, a house on campus essentially which that makes sense yeah and um she runs to him this man does not know where anything is he's so stoned that he doesn't know where his phone is even after being asked probably 30 times where is your phone he doesn't even respond. I know. And see, that's a problem that I have. Not to interrupt you. No, it's fine. But when directors don't know how to get actors to actually play stoned 
or play drunk. Right. It drives me nuts when you have drunkards who are like, blah, 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 blah. Like, have you ever been drunk before? Right. <laughs> have you ever been stoned before? Guess what? You do know where your phone is. The part of that sequence that drove me the most insane, though, and this is part of kind of the overall movie, is that she never weapons up until like way later on in the movie when she has many times where she could have. Yeah, And sure. in the Scott sequence, he literally has a butcher or a hunting knife yeah. on the wall yeah, I know. that she could have grabbed. So I kind of blame like the set decorators for that because yeah. I'm like, don't put a giant knife in the background if you don't think I'm going to, you're going to do it. Although I do wonder if that is actually part of the strategy behind the direction of these kind of films. Like, I wonder, I don't know. I wonder if, for example, and I, I haven't, if somebody else out there knows this, please let us know. That'd be kind of cool to explore. But like, for example, when I said that like The Strangers, which I really like, is unsatisfying because we don't get to like hack them. Until you, the second one. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you, you, yeah. But like, maybe that is actually part of it. Maybe that, maybe... Maybe the the theory behind it is that like does that annoyance in you that adrenaline that it builds, bring out like, like a certain oh, yeah does it help propel your fear of what's happening maybe I don't know the other part that and I promise I'm going to get to the parts that I liked that the other part that annoyed me so much is that the first thing that she really picks up is a pair of goggles <laughs> that she doesn't even use when she goes into the pool to yes. hide from the killer right. she uses them later on but like I'm just like you just picked up the goggles yeah, I know like I know. if you and it's a good sequence it's a really good the whole pull, it's, pool it's well sequence done. is really well yeah. done done where she goes silently down into the water to hide from the killer and waits but why aren't you wearing the damn goggles you just picked up she a good swimmer girl she knows how to keep i mean i couldn't do that shit you know me i'd be dead right away yeah Um, and then she fucking kills that dude in the pool and that was well done yeah no all all of the kill sequences are really well done when she because she kills the guy with the range over first right yep yeah so basically what happens is that her boyfriend comes back to check on her he's so cute and he's from other stuff too i couldn't he was he was in the new macgyver that's it. He was the yeah, MacGyver, yeah. Lucas Till. Um, so he, he's just a cutie. He, he is. He's yeah, cute. his bangs bother me in this movie. You have you have similar bangs. <laughs> they don't hang in the face all oh, day long. Let it, let him hang. For um, <laughs> but he comes back to check on her because it is established early on in the movie that they're in a good relationship and that he, kind of good. Well, and that he feels bad that she's staying behind, but she doesn't want to meet his mom again. So. Or is it his mom or grandma? I can't it's remember. Because it's, it was a class issue. Yeah. Um, and so he comes back and gets stabbed in the gut and killed. And that's kind of what is the antithesis for her, like, taking charge. That turns it around. Yeah. And her, like, taking charge and coming after the uh, assailants. And, um, yeah, she kills the first one by ramming him with a Range Rover. Uh, we get a second when we talk about the pool sequence where she hides in the pool. And then um, what does she use to kill him? I can't remember. It's something small. Um, I can't. I honestly can't remember. But she uses the she uses the bat to like yeah, basically but, but strangle him. She stabs him, him with like, something like a corkscrew or something like I a pocket knife or something re- like that. Uh, and then falls into the pool and basically strangles him underwater in a very cool sequence that is filmed it very well. Very, very well. It truly did. Uh, and then she finds the janitor's closet where she uh, then steals the baseball bat from her first assailant and wraps it with um, like a God. big nail kind of. Thing. How can you ex- describe this material? It's basically the the long metal thing with holes in it. 
You, you know what I mean? You know what? They're just going to have to go with that. I don't know. And then she puts nails in the holes. And so she basically makes a Negan it made uh, sense. bat. Yeah, it made sense. And the sequence also of that is really well done, where she uses the voice recorder to distract... The, in a shower in, in like the gym locker room. And then she just comes out and fucking whaps him. Now, that's a really interesting sequence, that part. I want to talk about that one. Because... Oh, one thing I forgot, one just one second before okay. I forget it. Yeah. Early on in the movie, I was hearkened back to my college life because... Where you killed somebody no, in a pool? Early on in the movie, she's filling out her FAFSA. And I always oh, remember yeah. hating filling out the oh, FAFSA. Do you mean the free application for federal student aid? <laughs> yes. That one? I just remember you always had to get like all your parents' social security information oh, and their taxes. It was <laughs> it was the worst because I was I, I was also always scared that like something was gonna fuck up and yeah. I would like be fucked. Right. Um, anyway, sorry. I, I want to the talk shower about sequence. that shower scene because it is interesting. Um it's interesting. So the 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 killers uh the the blue hoodie gray hoodie whatever other color hoodie um they are all wearing masks that are made of foil basically is it foil or duct tape i don't know it was shiny yeah it was shiny so i, I guessed it was just foil so they're all very rustic masks they're very easily made the 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 woman though is not wearing a mask whatever uh oh her name was violet her name was violet which I don't um, think they ever say in the movie, but that's fine. Uh, you see it in her username when she logs in. Oh. To, to, we'll talk about that thing. Okay. But um, they're all wearing these masks. This particular last kill that she does in the shower scene, she takes this guy's mask off. Mm-hmm. And she observes him and sort of looks at him. It was an interesting moment. Um, I'm not sure that the director fully explored what that could have been yeah it was interesting because michael turned to me at that point and he was like we're we're not supposed to know who he is right like and i think i was like no like i, I like, just I, I don't think that that moment was was fully planned i, I sure. don't think that it was a bad moment i think that unfortunately like what the director didn't maybe understand was like it makes audiences go wait a minute did we see him before yeah or exactly that's I what su- i'm talking about was yeah. i supposed to know him or what and you don't. You don't. Yeah. We, we didn't see him before at all. So there there wasn't any sort of like catharsis of what that's supposed to be. She didn't have any lines about like, you're just a normal guy or, yeah. or you look like my brother or I know you from child. Like there was nothing there behind it beyond just sort of a blank look from her, which isn't artsy. That That's not artsy. That's just... That's just a failed moment, unfortunately. I don't think that it was necessarily... It's just confusing. Well, yeah. and then if it's confusing, then it's a failure. Yeah. Your art is not meant to confuse you. You have to have some sort of impetus behind what that moment, what that decision is. So that's a pretty big decision. You're going to take off the mask? What is it for? The, the, I think another part of the failure was that we don't see her filming that. We yeah. don't see her film the guy's face because she gets the idea of what's going on by then. Right, because she's been filmed. She's she's seen them filming her. Yeah, and then eventually after that scene, well, during that scene, she gets a text message on that guy's phone, and it just says, "You kill Christy," which I thought was kind of <laughs> funny. And so she thinks about it, and she answers, "Why?" for yes, and then you know it's the girl texting, yeah, like Violet texting, yeah, yeah. and then she's and she's like, "I've got the car ready," and she's like, "I'll be right out." 
And so she's super smart about this. Earlier on in the movie, we were in a chemistry class. Very throwaway scene yeah, that foreshadow. It's like yeah. Chekhov's explosion. Totally <laughs> like, right. <laughs> but like, so we see we see in this in this class um, him like doing like some very simple chemical uh, experiment. Where, yeah, basically, if water hits this yeah. uh, part, this amount of chemicals or this, then then it's going to explode. It's going to yeah, yeah. catch on fire. And so she mixes those chemicals in the lab, brings out a bag with her she also puts on the clothes from the guy that she just killed and then walks out to that car throw and the, the girl thinks it's her, it thinks it's the dude she throws it on the girl in the car it's a good sequence it's a great scene and then when that bitch gets out of the car girl she is ready to, to burn it up today and like sure as shit that girl takes one step and she's like nope <laughs> and it is like it is firestorm in here it is like it's firestarter girl it's it was really good yeah it's and fun. then also satisfying she dies yeah it's great and she films her dying also great yeah and then it's kind of it has like a kind of a an ending where they're exposing all of the different um cult parts Which, across the country <laughs> i want to see what you feel about this because it's one of your favorite horror films it it that particular part felt very the invitation to me. Yeah, totally. And I do wonder if the writers of the invitation saw this and were like, hmm, we I could, think they both came out around the same time. We could build on this. This came out earlier. Really? This, okay. This came out earlier for sure. I mean, I guess I guess the invitation was probably in works well before. Maybe they were all cousins talking at Thanksgiving, and they they all had the same sure. idea. <laughs> um, but anyways, it did have that sort of same. The same cult feel that you get in The Invitation, you get sort of the same cult feel here in that it's not just one. Right. It's all over the place and it's all happening at I'll once. I'll tell you that if you're going to make that comparison, The Invitation does it much better. Well, I didn't I didn't make a comment. You know what I that. mean? Like, I'm just saying, like... Um, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not here to judge, to judge that, that part of it. I'm yeah. just saying, like... The idea. It, it was interesting to see that. Um, I did think it was interesting that she chose to go that route of killing her when she had so many options because she had just killed the guy with the nail bat. He also had a knife on him, so we could have gone that route. But oh, she yeah. chose Justine as a theatrical bitch, and she decided I to go say, this route. I will say one criticism I have of the cult thing is that we don't understand the religious aspects of it enough. Well, um, they do a little bit at the beginning where they say Christy is Christ. I don't know if you saw that in the I opening sequence. I guess sequence. I didn't see that. Yeah, there's an opening sequence. And it's mostly done through just like typing and like seeing the website and stuff that they kind of upload their killing videos to. And it's like Christy is Christ. Christy is Christ-like, like that kind of a thing. So it, it's got to be some sort of thing. Um, in religion, but also in um, they kind of see these upper white white uh, upper class women as Christ as Christy, which is equal to Christ. I guess. That, see, as as a I don't know that that that's a weird that's a tough line to follow. Almost like an Eve, maybe type maybe, of thing. Maybe I guess I don't know. I, they don't examine that portion enough. I, I just I, when I mean like they they do give you some hints, right? Like. When they first send her on the hunt, they say, run to God, Christy. Right. And they, and there are some other, and then when, when it's all exposed, you hear about this and that, whatever. I just sort of feel like if you're going to have a system in a film, you should probably give your audience a little bit more about what the system is. Yeah, for sure. Because I, 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 it's, it's just to say, like, it makes your film better. Like, it, yeah. it's more interesting if we know... 
why. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like it's like an invitation. We don't know fully what the Colts is doing. We know really, enough though, yeah. But we we know enough of what this doomsday cult is going for that it makes sense to us. It harkens back to like a Jonestown or to a this or to a that. This doesn't harken to to really anything. Yeah. So I, I just wish they had gone a little bit further there. And um, we should have said it very early on that if you do want to watch Christy, because I do think it's criminally underseen, um, you can watch it on YouTube right now for free. It's free. Yeah. I, there I, are ads, but whatever. You can skip them in five seconds. Yeah, it's not It's hard. not bad. Um, what I was really annoyed by is when we chose Christy, it was free on Netflix. Guess when it left Netflix? When? Halloween. What? It literally left netflix on halloween so when i picked this i was fully in that oh yeah it's on netflix no big deal and then i was like if i have to rent this motherfucker i'm gonna be so mad that is that's that's ridiculous but also we should just speak about the curse really quick because those of you who know our curse know that we always select movies when they're free and then we have to rent at least one One of of them them. every episode this is the first episode in a while, in a very long time, where we didn't have to rent anything. Where it's our subscription services covered yeah. it. <laughs> our, our Patreon picks and these, we didn't have to rent any, and we were, and we really appreciate that. And you know what? We were thankful. Yes, definitely. In the season of Thanksgiving. So, Maddie, what do you give Christy out of seven stripes? I give it a four and a half. I gave it similar. I gave it a four and a half. Well, look Not at similar, that. the same. It was actually the same thing when you think about it. <laughs> yeah, um, it's it's a it's an entertaining movie. I liked it. Um, I, oh, one thing I forgot to talk about is I really do like the soundtrack. Um, I, <laughs> do you like the soundtrack when she does the dance? I do, actually. Okay. I like that song. So the song I don't mind, that sequence... I did that. That is one part of the movie where I was like, "That's." Cheap. So I took it in stride that um, if you were alone, so listen, we're in 2020. We're spending a lot of time alone. Yeah, sure. So it, it feels different now. But like, if if I w- in college, I never lived on campus, but. Um, if I would have had the run of a whole college campus yeah, to sure. myself, I yeah. probably would have done similar shit. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I think I it was it. fun. But I thought both the main actors did a really it, good it, job. This is a, it's, it's a good movie. I will watch it again. I, I absolutely oh, And will. it's also like an hour and 24 yeah, minutes. It's, it's so. short. Honestly, this is a good like date movie. Oh, yeah, for to sure. To be honest. Yeah, like, yeah. When I'm going to date people again one day in the future, in 2025... This is one that maybe I can watch. Yeah, with a person because it's not it's not horror. Um, it's too, it's not horror too hard that the normal person yeah. can't enjoy it. Right. Yeah. So. But they'll also be scared by it. That, yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah. I Anyways. Agree. Anyway, well, we'll take our final break and we'll be right back with Queer Eye for the horror guy. Bing. <laughs> And it's time to close out episode 44, and we are so thankful that you are here to do it. 44. Uh, We are going to play our game, Queer Eye for the Horror Guy, where we take an aspect of one of the movies that we watched and make it that much more gay. So you're going to queer up 
Um, Blood Rage. Blood Rage. Go ahead. So in the movie of Blood Rage, there is an aspect where um, Artie and Greg both pull up in their convertible where they're listening to, I'm going to get you, I'm going to find you. Oh, yeah. yeah. And they definitely have like a queer vibe, even though Greg ends up sleeping with one of the women later. They totally do. But I would definitely make them the gay characters where they're just kind of like hanging out outside of the group listening to Come and Find You, I'm going to get you. Honestly, I'm not sure. Sure that they're not. I know. Quite frankly, yeah. The way that they like go, Karen. You want to go play some video games? Yeah. Like, <laughs> so. oh, really? Uh, yeah, guys. Sure. Um, for Christy, the way I want to queer it up is actually pretty simple. I'm going to queer up um, Wayne, the security guard. <laughs> also, Keith from Six Feet Under. Guess what? He's going to be a gay security guard. In Perfect. Do. And that's really it. He could be the cousin of Keith from Six Feet Under. And he just happens to work at this. And he looks a lot like him. Yeah. I like it. That's my queering it up. I like it. And I kind of wish that was the case. Because I really do miss Six Feet Under. Definitely uh, need to give that a rewatch now that I have HBO Max. Go. Whatever. All of it. Yeah. So, friends, that is the end of episode 44. Um, We've got some things to go through. First up... We were runners-up in the uh, the 2020 Discover Pod Awards. That was really cool. Yeah, it was really cool. Um, and it was all because of you guys. Uh, yeah. You voted for us. And out of a, a lot of really well-respected I mean, a, a lot, uh, podcasts in the LGBTQ category, we were second. Which yeah. I'm actually like, I know we Pretty didn't proud of that. We didn't win, but I'm still like really proud that we even did that. Yeah, I can't so. remember who won, but... Nope. Good for you. <laughs> Good for you. But we were very proud to be amongst uh, a lot of a lot of great um, a lot yeah. of great runners. And if you look at those winners and runners up in all those different categories, honestly, we were up with people Some that big, actually big people fucking deal. that actually make money at doing this. Yeah, so. right. So that that was neat. Uh, we also want to thank uh, Legion Podcast, which we are a part of. Thank you, Legion Podcast. Um, you can always, always, always. It's always open. I think we have a couple more messages. Oh. Um, the Friday Hotline at eight seven two. Two zero eight three one one nine. You can leave a sexy message. You can leave an unsexy message. You can leave a scary message. Yeah, anything. Whatever you want. And we will likely uh, be doing that on episode 50 yeah. to listen to your messages and react. You can also buy some merchandise from teespring.com. Go to teespring.com slash store slash Friday 13. That's forward slash. <laughs> well, it's, it's a slash that you use when you're doing... Is it? I think it's backslash. It's the same one. Oh, okay. Same one. Um, Patreon. You can all become a patron if you would like. Um, We will shout you out. We'll watch movies for you. We will ship you some merchandise if you get up to a certain level. Welcome. Yeah, our new patron, Brandon. Thank you so much for joining our. Don't worry, we've got a couple more for the next episode. Oh yeah, we still have a couple more we have to get to, but we can only watch so many movies. Exactly. Uh, thank you so much, Brandon. We really appreciate anything you can do for the show and welcome anybody else to go to patreon.com slash Friday and you will a uh, Friday 13, right? Patreon.com slash Friday 13. I sometimes and blank. Then, I sometimes then, my brain doesn't work. And then also friends, remember social media and reviews. So on Instagram and Twitter, you can find us at Friday 13. Search for us as Friday the 13th Horror Podcast on Facebook. Visit our website at www.friday13.com. Email us, friday13 at gmail.com. And also reviews. Listen, 
it just please leave us a review. That's all I'm going to say. We've talked about it enough. Leave yeah, a review. Seriously. We'll be very thankful if you do. And anyway, I think that brings us to the end of episode 44. Aww. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening yeah. in. And as always, we encourage you to get, get slayed. Summer's just around the corner, and it's time to give your skin the care it deserves. Osea has just the thing. Their best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Osea has been making seaweed-infused products that are safe for your skin and the planet for nearly 30 years. Their products are clean, vegan, cruelty-free, climate-neutral certified, and born in California. So you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. To create their next-level body care product, Osea soaks hand-harvested Andaria seaweed in barrels and botanical oils, including passion fruit and acai. The result is a rich body oil that absorbs in minutes and won't leave you feeling greasy. It's clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and deliver deep moisturization. And with a scent like a citrusy vacation, you'll feel like you're sitting poolside with smooth, silky-soft, glowing skin. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.